Hey there, Purpose Warriors. Welcome to the Awaken to Purpose podcast. This is Dr. Burnell from drburnell.com, where we believe that every season in your life serves a greater purpose. If you're new to the podcast, here's what you need to know. We are a community of purpose warriors who believe that God's best version of ourselves is hidden on the inside of us, just waiting to be awakened as we grow in our relationship and continue to say yes to what God has called us to do in the earth. We know that God's purpose for our lives was preordained and the reason why he created us. So every other week, this podcast seeks to explore how to awaken to your purpose from a practical standpoint and become God's best version of you. And we do this by touching upon our five pillars of purpose, faith, relationship, identity, resiliency, and stewardship. If you want to know more about our five pillars of purpose, head over to my website at www.drvernell.com backslash podcast. So before we dive in, I need to share with you that this podcast is being brought to you by my new book, From Pain to Purpose, where I share actionable steps, biblical principles, and life lessons on how I discovered my purpose after a painful and unexpected divorce and was left to raise two children with more than a million dollars of debt, zero access, and a negative network. My book is available on my website, again, at www.drbrunel.com, also on Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, or wherever books are sold. So if you want to learn more about how to release limiting beliefs, overcome financial difficulties, experience radical breakthroughs, and step courageously into your purpose, then grab your copy today. And remember that God can use whatever unfair or unjust act, any rejection or hurtful experience, and transform your pain into your purpose. So let's jump right in. So good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thank you so much for tuning into the Waking to Purpose podcast. I have a very special guest today, Anita Morris, who is the author of Step Into It, Overcoming Trials That Lead to Purpose. And she is a YouTube influencer on the channel, Baby Lock Euphoria. And she's going to talk a little bit about that. But Anita is a woman of God who understands the struggle that arises when you're faced with a personal storm that threatens to rob you of your peace and happiness. Something that happens in your life that completely knocks you down. And the hardest part about getting knocked down is getting up. Yet she knew that getting up would strengthen her and give her a testimony to bless the lives of others. Several years ago, Anita experienced two of the most devastating trials of her life, which transformed her way of thinking and living. And I cannot wait for her to share her amazing story with you guys today. Welcome, 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 Anita. Thank you, Cornell. Thank you so much. It is such an honor to be here with you today. When I received the invitation to come here to talk with you, and I saw the title of your podcast, I was like, yes, Lord, I am all in. Because the title, Awaken to Purpose, it really resonates with my story. Okay. It really does. So I'm excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me. I'm so happy that you agreed to come on to the show. You know, first of all, I love to have fellow authors on the show, people who just have the courage to share their testimony. So whether they do it by, you know, verbally or in writing or both, 
I definitely want to give people the platform to talk a little bit about it. And also how you went from the place where you were and then the launch of, you know, your business. So we're going to talk about that as well, but please, please, please share your story with us today. (laughs) Yes, indeed. I'm happy to. So for your audience, I am a transformational speaker and I share a message of hope, perseverance, and triumph for those who are living in the midst and aftermath of devastating life trials. As you have shared, I am the best-selling author of Step Into It, Overcoming Trials That Lead to Purpose, and I'm the founder of the popular DIY fashion brand, Anita by Design, where I help to encourage and teach women all over the world how to master the basics of garment sewing. Now, I need you to know, Vernell, and your audience that I'm very proud. I'm very proud of all of my accomplishments. Everything that I've been able to do up to this point, I am very proud. But I also need you to know that these things came with a cost. Mm. The cost I paid was pain. Mm. My DIY fashion brand was born from a very painful time in my life when I found myself down on my knees in my bedroom closet one day, crying, holding onto my chest because it felt like my heart was gonna fall out when I discovered that my husband was having an affair. Brunel, that crushed me. It broke me. We had been married for 19 years. And up to that point, as far as I knew, everything was fine. You know, this man treated me like a queen. He treated me so well, so I didn't understand. Mm -hmm. And these questions started forming in my mind. And I wanted to know, who is this woman? Mm -hmm. Where did he meet her? How long have they been seeing each other? But more importantly, Vernell, I wanted to know where they were. Because when I found out, my husband was with her. Mm. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm from South Central LA. I am straight from the hood. Yay, yay. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Okay. I am a lady to the core, but there's that Nini inside of me. I call her Nini. So I wanted to roll up and I wanted to do some damage. Yeah. But I stayed in that closet and then I heard his footsteps. Actually, let me back up. Before he came home, I remember getting up from my knees in that closet and I looked out of the closet door into the bedroom and there was a window And I looked over and the sun was shining in through the window. And I remember thinking, there is no more sunshine because I knew that my marriage was over. I knew that I was headed for a divorce. One thing I had told my husband and he knew that infidelity was one thing that I would not tolerate because I had dated men who cheated, you know, and I knew what that was like. He knew how I felt about that. So I just knew I was headed for divorce. And at that point, my pain turned to anger. And I remember pacing through that closet and my hands formed into fists. And I looked around and saw all of his clothes in the closet. Vernell, I wanted to take everything down and throw it out into the streets, but I didn't. And that's when I heard his footsteps. He rushed home and the closer he got to that closet, the louder and faster his footsteps became. And then there he was standing in front of the closet door and our eyes met. Mm. Brunel, that was the moment that started the very painful, long, hard fight to save my marriage. I decided to stay 
but it was not easy. I'm telling you, it was so hard. We fought hard for it. It was ugly sometimes. I'm telling you, we got ugly. I got ugly. Mostly. It was mostly me because he was really fighting. But I had never seen my husband fight for anything so hard ever. So when I saw his fight, it gave me the desire to want to fight too. So we went through it. And what happened is as we were going through this process of trying to rebuild our marriage and fix everything, I started crying out to God. I was crying out to God the entire time, asking him to help me through this, to help me to get over this. And while I was doing that, I dove heavily into sewing because I needed something tangible to focus on because there were days when I was just in a dark place. So I would go and close myself into my sewing room and I would just sew and that would just take me away to another place. So after we worked things out and started, you know, feeling better. We fell in love with each other all over again. And our marriage became more beautiful than it had ever been before. So as we, you know, worked through that together, we launched my sewing brand because what happened is as I was in that room sewing and going through my healing process, I started sharing with the sewing community online and people started commenting and I thought, oh, there's something here. And so when my husband and I worked things out, we launched my sewing brand. We launched my blog, Anita by Design, and then my YouTube channel, Anita by Design. And so that's how that started. So you see how God took a very dark, devastating situation and he used it for good. So he helped us out of that thing. And so that's where the sewing brand was launched. Mm-hmm. So we continued living our lives, you know, living our best lives. We were very happy in love intentional about each other. And then we stepped into a new season when he retired. Wait a minute, before you jump into that new season, I need to jump back to this first season. Okay, okay. Because I think that infidelity happens sometimes in relationships, right? And we always talk about if this were me, I would do. But you never know what you would do in it. And so I heard you say how angry you were and I could feel the emotion that you were sharing. And you talked about, you know, you saw your husband fight and you also had to fight through, I'm going to just assume the betrayal, the rejection, the hurt, the pain. What made you decide to stay? It had to be something because You know, when you're having those emotions and you're looking at someone and you're thinking, I'm about to toss all your clothes out. (laughs) Let's keep it real. Okay. And so how do you go from that moment, that place to a place of we're going to work on this marriage and walk me through that. And also tell us how long did that take? Because I don't want people to think that this is like an overnight process, or in some cases it might be a couple of years for some people, depending on where you are and what stage you are in your relationship and things like that. So help me to understand that part of it. Yes. Okay. So starting with how did I do it? How did I decide to work on staying? Well, several things. Number one, I saw my husband fighting and that was huge for me because he was the type of person where he loved me. And I know that even though he did what he did, he loved me. But if something goes wrong, he was the type, he didn't want to address it. He would avoid it. He wouldn't want to deal with it. He would just avoid it. 
So for me to see him actually being the leader in trying to fix this thing, that motivated me. Okay. And then number two, I remember it was years before this had happened. My aunt was visiting from Memphis and we were at my house, my mom, my aunt and I, and I don't know where this came from or why she said this, but we were just having a conversation. I think she was saying how beautiful everything was. She was visiting my home and she said, don't ever let another woman come in and destroy what you have built. And when she said that, when she left, my mom and I were like, why did she say that? Why would she say something like that? And I didn't understand. And then when that happened, that flashed back to me about what my aunt said. And then number three, God, which actually is number one, <laughs> God. <laughs> we always start at God. Let's keep yeah. it. No, we don't. But he should be yeah. yeah. place. Yeah. Exactly. God. I did not feel the relief. I did not feel it. Although I couldn't say I hated him into his face, but I felt like I hated him. But the words would never come out. But I told my girlfriends when I talked to them about it, I told them I hate him, but I couldn't say the words to him. Mm-hmm. Does but that you make can always, Yes, but yeah. you can also act that out. So yeah. the words may not come out your mouth to him, Sometimes Mm -hmm. we can act that mess out. Yes, Yes. exactly. So I knew that God had not released me from my marriage based on the things that were happening. And my heart started to soften. So that's why I decided to stay. And then it was about two years before we, I mean, it gradually grew. We gradually, you know, got back into our groove and it became better. But it was a two-year-long fight. (laughs) It was. It wasn't overnight. And I'm going to tell you, even after that, Vernell, even up until my husband left, I won't say I didn't trust him, but my heart had been wounded. Mm -hmm. So it was a continuous journey of healing and healing, you know? And I think that if he were still here today, it would still be, you know, me healing. Like right now where I am, I can say without a doubt that I'm not okay with what he did, but I have healed to the point where I am functioning and I don't go back and think about, you know, oh, he did this and get mad or anything like that. But I'm going to be straight honest with you. I have not fully forgiven the woman. And I'm going to tell you why. And I'm going to tell you why I say that. Because sometimes I think about her and because she would not admit it because she denied it. Mm -hmm. I just felt some kind of way about that. And I know that not forgiving her, it keeps me in bondage. You know, she's gone on about her life. She's not thinking about me. So I am continuously working through God, help me not to have unforgiveness, you know, in this area. And it's not like I'm harping on it and thinking about it all the time, but I know in my heart that I have not fully forgiven her. First of all, having experienced infidelity (laughs) and having to know about and sometimes see the person who my ex left me for, I understand exactly what you are communicating. And I just want to also be clear, forgiveness is a process. Yes. And it can take years for us to get there 
But I do believe with the help of the Holy Spirit, all things are possible. Absolutely. And the way that you feel today may not be the way that you felt when it first happened. Oh, honey. Yes, indeed. There's like, it is very true how God continues to soften our heart. And you can forgive somebody without trusting them. That don't mean you need to be in it. Right. Yeah. I love what you shared because it's so honest. It's so transparent. And, you know, I always look for that authenticity when people come on the show, like, don't make it out to be so pretty because it's not pretty for everyone. Right. And so even, you know, having a beautiful marriage for as long as you did and, you know, being treated like a queen and, you know, and having all these different hallmarks, it doesn't mean that you have not experienced your own personal hell. No, no. And that happens, right? And it can completely. Okay, so you and your husband made it through this season where you described like you guys fell in love all over again. Ooh, child, I'm trying not to talk about your book because first of all, you guys need to go and get this book. It was good. (laughs) Okay, and I mean, just all the juice is in there. All the tea (laughs) is juice. Is in the book and I'm fighting myself not to go too deep because I do want people to read it. So you had this season of disruption, right? Yes. And then you guys make it over this huge disrupting event in your marriage and then you enter into another trial. Like, take us through that. Yes, yes. So after we got over that, we walked into our new season, which was retirement. My husband retired from his job of 30 years. And, you know, we all look forward to retirement and it's like exciting. So we were so excited. We were planning all the things we were going to do, the places we were going to go. We had already started traveling. You know, we were on the go. (laughs) So we were very excited and just living our best lives. But six months after my husband retired, he was diagnosed with brain cancer. And that floored me. That knocked me out cold. And Vernell, I was shocked. I couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. And then eight months later, I stood by and watched my husband take his last breath. Mm-hmm. I could not imagine how I would ever be okay again. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were happy again. We were loving each other. We were going places. Mm-hmm. But then it ended. Mm-hmm. Vernell, As I sat in that and started my grief journey, I began to hear words. And I was my husband's caregiver while he was ill. He died here in our home. Mm -hmm. And when I was caring for him, I heard the same words. And those words were stand, trust, endure, and proceed. Now, when I heard stand, because that's the first word I heard, I wasn't sure. I thought it meant that I had to be strong and I know how to be strong. So I was like, okay, I've got this. I know how to be strong, but that wasn't it. It meant that I needed to stand in my face, allowing or using everything that I already had planted in my heart to help usher me through the grief process into my healing Mm -hmm. Oh, I did, Vernell. I stood in my faith. And then I heard trust. And I thought, oh, yes, I know how to trust God. I've been doing that. I know how to trust God. But it was different this time. This time, it meant that I needed to remember 
that God is sovereign and he does not allow anything into my life without his permission. And if he allows it, then it has purpose because he is an intentional God. And it's hard to hear that when you're going through something devastating, but I trusted him. Mm-hmm. And then I heard endure, but that's not all. I heard endure with grace. And I thought, well, what does that mean? What does that look like? Well, what it meant was that I needed to allow myself to be present in this process, not trying to fight it, not trying to run away from the grief, not trying to hide from the pain, but I needed to allow myself to be present in that thing. So I did, I endured it. And then I heard proceed. And what that meant is that I needed to proceed, continue along the path that God had ordained specifically for me from since before I was born. Remembering all the things and taking all the lessons that I had learned from previous trials and allowing them to usher me into this purpose for which he has created me in this season. And so I did and I am. I'm proceeding. I'm standing in my faith. I'm trusting the sovereignty of God. I am enduring the trial with grace because it's a continued process. Grief isn't just something you go through and you meet it. It's it's not like I have arrived. I continue to step. And then I am proceeding to God's call on my life. Amen. I love it. I love everything that you're saying, kind of like standing in your faith. And I think Sometimes people, because um, you know, I've heard people kind of talk about this, mm-hmm. is that you know, when you have a healing, God can heal you as you're going through whatever it is that you're going through, right? And you can be healed in one area, and sometimes you can be healed in multiple areas. Yeah. A lot of that really takes time and your ability to trust God and to really press into Him. Mm-hmm. I'm like, for the creator of the universe, Okay, the one who made everything, the one that made all of us, knows us inside out, all of our different idiosyncrasies, right, proclivities, all of these different things. He knows who we are. Yes. He knows what we need. He knows what we want, right? He knows all these things that we desire. And he knows how to get us from a place of devastation to a place of healing and purpose. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. You can only get there if you trust God through the process. It doesn't mean you understand it. No, it just means you just trust. Right. And that's the hardest thing to do, but I love everything that you shared and you talked about. Yes. And you know, when people here stand in your faith, I think that they're looking at it from a position of how much faith do I have? Do I have this much faith? Do I have that much faith? Do I have a little faith? Do I have another faith? Well, that's not what it's about. It's about allowing the faith that God has apportioned to you, yes, where you are in your life, who you are, and allowing it to usher you through this thing. It doesn't matter the amount of faith. It doesn't matter what type of church you go to or any of that. None of that matters. It's all about Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross for you and how he can take you and usher you through that thing when you allow him to be part of it. And I say that because sometimes people don't even want to think about God when they're going through a devastating life trial, because some people are like, well, how can this happen? You know, I've done what I'm supposed to do. I've prayed. I've gone to church. I've gone to Bible study. I've done all of these things. So this wasn't supposed to happen. But here's the thing. 
Some people want to ask, well, why did this happen? Why, why, why? For now, I never asked that question, not once. I may have thought it, but I never asked that question. And here's why. I wasn't going to get the answer to that. And I knew that. God's not going to tell me why. And you know what? I don't need to know why, because I trust God. He's sovereign and he's in control of all things. And that was enough for me. Yeah, all we have to do is read the story of Job, right? Hello, hello, hello. Any type of explanation. Yes, right? ma'am. He yes. wants us to lean on him and exactly. to trust him that he has yes. a plan and purpose for our lives. Absolutely. If it happens, right, there's still purpose that is tied to it. It's connected to it. Yes. I think the biggest challenge, too, is like, yeah, when you go through devastating trials is the disappointment. Mm. Right? You can really be disappointed in God, right? Yeah. You can yeah. be mad at God. And one of the things I tell people, and it's so funny because my mom and I had this conversation about being mad at God. And my mom was like, I don't understand how you could ever be mad at God. And I said, well, listen, what relationship have you ever been in where you haven't been mad at somebody? If I'm in a relationship with yeah. my heavenly father yeah. and I can go to the throne of grace at any point in time and pour my heart out. Why can't I pour my heart out of anger to say, Lord, I'm pissed. Absolutely. And, and Lord, I was thinking you was going to do this and you did not come through for me. God can handle that. He and can I, handle it. He can handle it. Right. Okay. Not disrespectfully. No, you can go to God. God can even handle your questioning. Right. Yeah. Um, Myers wrote a book. Why God, why? And when God, when it's a really quick read, it's like 40 pages. But those mm-hmm. things that we tend to actually good book, but those are things that we go through in life is why God, why and when, right? Why yeah. does it happen? And then when is this going to happen? <laughs> yeah. Like, when am I going to move past this? When am I going to hurt um, to be healed? And I just remember when I was going through my season and I was standing on that one scripture that the Bible says that God has come to heal the brokenhearted and bind mm-hmm. up their wounds. And when I tell you that prayer for two straight years, yes, God, yes. You are a God who cannot lie. And exactly. if you said you've come to heal the brokenhearted, my heart is broken and shattered into a million pieces. But I trust exactly. you, right? Exactly. And so I came out all of a sudden. When my ex-husband would call, I didn't feel a longing. I didn't feel hurt, angry, upset. I mm-hmm. felt at peace. Even though the foolishness was still there, yes. I felt at peace. Yes. And so you can have peace in the midst of your storm. And I think that's part of your story. That is. And that is huge because so many people don't understand that or they won't embrace that. And I think it's because sometimes when you're hurting so bad, the peace is not something that you're thinking about. Sometimes we're thinking about revenge. Sometimes we're thinking about, oh, poor me. You know, sometimes we're thinking about, well, why, you know, instead of seeking the peace of God, we're thinking about all these other things. And here's what I like to remind people of, Ernell. When God allows us to go through devastation, when he allows us to go through these trials in our lives, I wish that we could all see him, like we could see him looking down on us, pouring down his peace upon us, even if we don't even want it, even if we're not seeking it. I wish we could see him looking down on us, pouring over his peace and saying, my daughter, my son, I've got you. I've got this. Again, I go back to if he has allowed it, if he has given this thing permission to enter into your life, then he has purpose because he's intentional. 
but I wish we could feel his presence. When I was going through the grief after the loss of my husband, there were those times when I would be in agonizing pain when I would have my crying times. And I call them cleansings because it would be so painful. I didn't want it to happen, but I had to let it happen. And when I felt it coming on, I was like, oh God, oh God. But I would just allow it to happen. And it would be the most painful thing I've ever experienced. But in those times, Vernell, as painful as it was, I also felt God's presence. I felt his peace. And it was almost as if he was holding me in his arms while I was going through that saying, daughter, I'm here. It's okay. I have never felt anything like that in my life. But I'm telling you, every time where I had one of those really get down, hardcore, screaming, crying, banging on things, that's what I felt, his presence. Mm -hmm. And it held me. It carried me through. But I needed to experience those things. I had to go through it. Yeah, it's hard to sometimes, I feel like to put into words what the presence of God really feels like. It speaks to God what that feels like. And when I heard you say about God holding you, I just remember when girl got my heart broken. This is in a dating relationship after, you know, when I got to the point where I was ready to start dating. And I really felt like, okay, Lord, this is the man that I've been praying about. And when it did not work out, I was so brokenhearted. But this is the thing about a broken heart. When my ex-husband left, he shattered it, right? So I knew if God could put together a shattered heart, surely he can mend a broken heart. And I just remember going to bed one night and I was crying. Mm. And I shared this with my best friend. I felt like God had lifted me up and placed me in his lap. And I told her that was the best night's sleep that I had had in a while. Yes. Like I felt his presence. Yes. So I don't know what other way to describe it. I'm not trying to make it seem like spooky or overly spiritual, but you, we all know what it's like to be held. We all know what it's like to cry and have our mother around and yeah. for our mother to hold us when we're younger. And you know that her presence, like, I feel better. Yeah. Um, I feel like everything is going to be okay, even though it still hurts. That's yeah. what the presence of God felt like for me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Yeah. And like you said, it's hard to explain that. It's something that you have to experience for yourself to really understand it. And no matter what words we can put on it, it's something you have to experience for yourself. And that can only come when you allow yourself to go through that thing, through the grief, through the healing. I think about how people want to rush through it. They want a quick healing. They don't want to go through all of the pain. They want to fight and hide from the grief. Well, you know what I call it? I call it a drive-through healing. Some people want a drive-through healing, but what I know is that a drive-through healing yields a drive-through existence. And what I mean by that is that when you don't allow yourself to go through the healing process, to go through the grief of whatever devastation you have been through, is you continue to rush through life. You're doing this thing, you're doing this, and you're trying to mask the pain and mask the hurt. You don't want to deal with it because it's too painful. So you keep moving forward. You keep pushing forward. Well, what you don't realize is you're taking all of that unresolved pain and hurt and grief into your future with you. And as you're continuing to try to move forward in life, eventually it will show up. Grief will find you and grief will deal with you. If you don't deal with it, it will find you and it will deal with you. And sometimes it will manifest itself in destructive behavior. 
I've seen it, I've heard about it, and it is the truth. And sometimes you won't even recognize it, that it's grief from the past that is causing you to behave in a certain way. But when we don't allow ourselves to go through that process, Vernell, that's what happens. And this is the big part of your ministry is really helping people to be okay with the grief process. Yes. Ms. Myers talked about like how we live in a generation of the drive-through breakthroughs. That's what people oh. the drive-through breakthrough. <laughs> Because we live in a culture of instant gratification. Exactly. We don't want to wait 10 seconds for our internet to start buffering. We're like, what's going on? What's going on? (laughs) We become a really impatient generation. And so when you talk about trusting God and waiting on God and waiting on your healing, those are things that take time, right? It's countercultural, right? But because we are believers in Christ, we don't follow culture. We follow Christ. Exactly. And and so I love it. So tell us about like, at what point did you felt okay to start writing your story? Right? Yes. Well, that was a journey. While my husband was ill, I was sharing publicly in my social media, on my Facebook, mostly my personal Facebook page, and sometimes in my Instagram where my sewing community is. And I was just sharing what was happening. And my husband, he didn't do social media. He was a private guy. So I had to ask for his permission in the beginning when we found out we got the diagnosis and I asked him if I could share. And my motive for wanting to share on social media was to get people praying. I wanted to go on and ask people to start praying with us. And that happened. There were so many people praying more than I will ever know. So that was my initial plan. So when I asked, and then we would get new developments, I would ask him, can I share? And he kept saying yes, so I kept sharing. And eventually, I just stopped asking and continued sharing. Well, what happened is as I was sharing, people started making comments. And they were saying how I was encouraging them by sharing the story, by sharing what was going on with us by being so vulnerable, by sending encouraging words, because I was praising God, honey. I never stopped praising God. At the end of every single post, I said, God is good. So I was praising him and people were noticing that. So they were encouraging me. And then people started saying, you should write a book. Have you ever considered writing a book? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love reading your posts. I feel like I'm right there with you. Have you considered writing a book? So these things were being planted in my heart. And so... One day I was listening to a podcast and actually I started praying and asking God if there was anything to it, because at first I just like pushed it to the side and I was like, "Mm, I don't know about that. And, you know, it just kept happening and kept happening. And I was listening to a podcast one day and there was an author who is a book coach on there. And at this point I had started praying and asking God, well, is this you, God, is this you telling me that I'm going to write a book? Is this your assignment? And so I heard this guy and I thought, well, actually, when I was praying and asking God, I told him, if this is what you want me to do, God, you're going to have to send me help because I have no idea what to do. I don't know how to write a book. I know nothing. So you're going to have to send me help. I was listening to the podcast and this guy was on there. And when he started talking, my heart felt like it was settled. And I was like, God, Mm -hmm. is this him? Could this be him? And so I listened to the podcast and I went over to his podcast and started listening. I went to his website. I went to his Facebook. I started stalking the girl, honey. I was like, is this my guy? So eventually I went to a writer's conference and met him and went through a little exercise with the other authors there. And I hired him to be my book coach. And 
I started writing the book. And I'm telling you, that is an experience I will never forget in my life. Because what happened was, I already had the story on my heart. I had lived it. I already had the message because it was from my experience. And I had already spoken this message at a women's retreat. Mm -hmm. So when I went in to write the book, I already had the message and the story. So I was like, okay, I can do this with help. Well, what happened is when I started writing the book, God started prompting my heart to put in the dark parts of my past. And I was like, what? Why would I do that? I don't understand. That has nothing to do with the message I'm sharing and weaving the story of my husband's death in there. I just didn't understand that. And I fought, I fought caught on that. I was like, I know. Mm-hmm. I'm scared. And that's what the bottom line was. I was afraid. I did not want people to know that my husband had cheated on me. I didn't want people to know about the dark parts of my past with my childhood. I didn't want people to know those things. And I said, no, I don't want to do that, God. So I went back and forth with him, back and forth. And eventually I had to surrender and say, God, if you are telling me to do this, I'm going to do it. And I did it. I was so afraid. And when I went to send my manuscript off to the editor for the first time, Vernell, literally, I went through the house screaming Mm -hmm. because I thought, oh, my gosh, somebody is about to read my story. Somebody is going to know now. And I'm going to tell you what happened also. After I went through the house screaming, after I was done acting a fool, I sat down and I exhaled. Because every once in a while, Mm -hmm. the thought would creep up in my mind. People would say things to us when we were married, like marriage goals, you know, a power couple, things like that. Mm -hmm. And so after my husband died and people would say things to me about my marriage still, even before he died, there was always that thought in my mind, what if they find out? What if they find out and start telling people? Mm-hmm. What are they going to think then? What are they going to think of me? What are they going to think of my husband? What if they find out? And so when I released my manuscript, I exhaled because I was like, I don't ever have to think about that anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about somebody finding out because I told my own story. I told it on my own terms. So nobody will ever be able to take my story, tell it the wrong way, weaponize it and use it against me. I told it first. And I am so free from that burden now, from that bondage Mm -hmm. of thinking what people are going to think or, you know, somebody's going to find out. Yeah, it's just, I mean, first of all, everything that you just said just resonates so well with me. I know I went through that same thing, just feeling like, Lord Jesus, these nosy folks are going to be all up in my business. They're going (laughs) to know the things that I was very deliberate and private about, you know, keeping and very similarly, as I started writing my book, I'm thinking more from a technical standpoint of writing like, okay, let me <laughs> jump through it and talk about this thing. And the Holy Spirit had me go back and make some revisions and to be even more transparent. And I'm like, Lord, I'm over here busting myself out. Okay. Every time I was like, Lord, that too. Oh, Father, you want me to say that too? And so I was going through that as I was writing. But what I also realized was that that was also part of my healing process. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Exactly. Therapeutic. Yes. Share with people 
you know, the trials that you have gone through, but more importantly, how you've endured them. Yes. You know, and how you're still standing. And if you're standing still, someone else can do it too. Absolutely. And I know that there's so many women who were really pleased with the story that you shared, right? Because it's not so much, because I know even when I was reading your book, first of all, it was juicy. (laughs) (laughs) You know, for me, it wasn't from the standpoint of just like, I'm trying to be in somebody's business, but I want to know like, what you went through, and then more importantly, how did you walk it out? Yes, exactly. Because we can always hear people talk about the things that they went through in their life because a lot of us have experienced the same thing. But the thing that most people are trying to hold on to is how did you get through it? How did you make it past that? Where are you today? Like people want to know what those strategies are. Exactly. And I think for both of our books, what we're saying is whether you want to hear it or not, it was God. Yes, ma'am. Because me and the I'll be ready to just go ahead and go off on everybody, right? I'll start confronting people. My mouth will be all over the place and just tongue just going here and there. But it was the mercy of God, the love of God that helped me together, right? And one of the things that you talked about, and it helped me to stay standing. When you go through stuff, you can fall completely apart and never get back up. Oh my gosh, it is so true. But when you're with God, you know that you never have to stand alone. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You never have to stand alone. And so God is always with you. He's always speaking to you to minister. And the reason why he does that is because as God comforts us in our infirmities, he wants us to comfort other people. Hallelujah. Comforters, right? To the world. Straight from the word. Heaven to earth. And the way that we do it is when we show love and mercy and grace and kindness and goodness to other people and we comfort other people the way that Christ has comforted us. Absolutely. You know, you just spoke the word of God right there. Let me tell you (laughs) something. Let me tell you something. Everything you just said about encouraging other people and they want to see how did you do it because they need some encouragement through the things that they're going through. I have received, and I'm sure you have too, I have received so many messages from women thanking me for sharing my story, for being vulnerable, honest, and truthful about what I went through. And they are seeing, not only did they read my process and what I went through and how I encouraged them, but they're seeing it because a lot of them follow me in social media. So they are thanking me for helping them. And I say this, that... When you get up, like every once in a while, life will come around and punch you in the face, you know, like in the introduction. But when you get up, you give others permission to get up too, because they're watching. People are watching, especially when you're going through a trial. You know this. People are watching you. They want to see how you're responding, especially when you proclaim to be a follower of Jesus Christ. They want to see, oh, let's see how she's going to handle this now. She's a Jesus follower. What is she going to do now? People are watching. And when people see you getting up and they see you thriving and they see you going through that thing and working through that thing, instead of allowing this devastation to break you down to where you are not getting up. And I'm not saying, you know, it doesn't break you down. It broke me down, girl. But I got up and it's because God helped me up and other people are watching and they are encouraged. I think also when you talk about getting up, 
Mm-hmm. You can get up in the flesh and you can get up in the spirit. Mm. Your body can get up in the flesh, but your spirit is down. Right? And so when you talk about getting up, I'm thinking about mm. spiritual way. Absolutely. In a spiritual Absolutely. way to stand. Because mm-hmm. we both know women and men also who mm-hmm. have experienced these exact same trials, right? And you would think that it just happened to them. And it's been 10, 15, 20 years. And they never got up in the spirit. And so I want people to understand when you talk about that, that's really what you're talking about. This spiritual awakening, this getting this up in the spirit and not just getting up in the natural. Yes, yes. And transformation starts to happen. Transformation happens in the mind when you choose to link yourself up with God and say, your spirit is linked with his spirit. Like, Father, I'm going to get up even when I feel bad. Yes, indeed. I'm, I'm yes. going to get up even though I am so hurt. I can barely even lift my head up, let alone put some clothes on. But I'm going to get up in the spirit. Exactly. Right? And so I love everything that you share. I'm going to close this out because, you know, we will be on here all day and all night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get to these questions that I love to always ask my guests. And I was almost tempted to ask you these when you were speaking, because there was a link between what you were saying and kind of like the question that I was asking. I was like, don't say it, don't say it, hold on. Oh, okay. <laughs> but so kind of like, and I think you've already done this in some ways, but from your story, what life lessons have you learned about God's purpose for your life? From my story, I have learned that God has worked everything that I have been through, all of these different trials. He has worked them all together to help me step into this purpose for which I am created right now in this season. All of those things that I have been through, God has used them to build me up, to strengthen me so that I can shine for him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just amen. Okay, so what advice would you offer listeners on awaking to God's purpose for their lives? You know what I would say, and I talk about this in my book too, when you are going through a trial in life, mm-hmm. most of the time, that's when the awakening happens, if you are paying attention. Sometimes when we're going through life and everything is good, or we're just living our lives and we're not really focusing as we should. Some of us, you know, our focus isn't where it needs to be. But when that trial hits, Mm -hmm. God can take you to some places, honey. And that's where the awakening happens a lot of times. Yeah. And it's not something new. It's something that's always been there that has been lying dormant, but that trial can awaken that thing in you. Yeah. Yeah, I think just kind of like thinking about God is always speaking. The question is, are we listening? Exactly. Things are going well in life. Sometimes we ignore God. Exactly. Lord, let something happen where you don't be praying, but you asking all the prayer warriors to come on. (laughs) 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 Right. If you are paying attention and your ears start to sharpen, and that's when you can hear the Holy Spirit. So prayerfully, you're always listening for God's voice. And so you don't have to allow the devastation to give you that awakening that you need. But Anita, you're absolutely right. For a lot of people, that's when it happens. Yes, it's true. I love, love, love that you shared that and said that. Yeah. What does it mean for you to become God's best version of you? 
for me to become God's best version of myself is to walk in obedience to who he says I am, not to what he calls me to do, but who he says I am, period. Listen here, I'm about to go ahead and smack you through this screen because I'm <laughs> And the reason why I think it's so good is because sometimes people think that becoming is really about what you do. Hmm. And becoming is like becoming more Christ-like, right? Hallelujah. Um, the reason why he created you, who he called you to be on the yes. inside. It's not about these things that you tend to do, right? Yes. Loved yes. It. That's why I was like, and it was very succinct and it was so on point and I just loved it. Thank you. Thank yes. you. Thank you. Yes, it's all about the being because in the being, the doing will come as it should and it's given time. But the being is what's most important. Hallelujah. We're not on the same page. I don't know what. Okay. (laughs) What do you know about God that you wish the whole world knew? Yes, as I shared earlier, that's probably what you were alluding to. I wish people knew that God has planted treasures along the path of the trial. God has planted treasures along the path of the devastation. And when we will allow ourselves to be present in that thing and allow him to walk us through, he will point out and show us the treasures that he has planted along the way that will help to strengthen and build us up for his glory. First of all, another smack moment for you. (laughs) The key word that you're using is allow. I will not push past your will. The hallelujah. You have to allow him. And I love it. I love the way you just presented God because there's so much love in knowing that God is planting treasures. Yes. Your path of life. And as you go through these different trials, he's like, you're going to make it through this. Yes. What's on the other side? Yes. Treasure that I'm offering you. And that's nothing but love. I think people sometimes forget that God is God, yes. That he is loving, even though bad things happen, it doesn't change the fact that he's good. Absolutely. Right? And so, like, one of the things that I noticed, and you kind of asked me about the similarities between our books, Mm -hmm. I think if I could kind of sum it up, what I notice about both of our books is that it is a love story to God. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a love story. And when we're gone from this earth, other people are going to share their love stories and they're going to continue to read ours. Absolutely. And so not only when I was listening to you and you were talking about how you fell in love with your husband, I was thinking like, I could see you started falling in love with God all over again. Oh, honey. Go through that, right? Oh. And you start leaning so completely on him in total dependence. It's like you falling in love with God. If You, you know what I mean? And oh, so yes. People talk about that. It is a loving relationship and you can fall in love with the father. God created relationships to show us love. And so why should we not fall in love with who he is, right? He is our creator. He is our our God. He's our everything. He's our everything. Everything. He is the source. He is my source. When I tell you, oh, you've got me hot right now. But when I tell you that this love, like falling in love with him all over again, when I tell you that this is something I have never experienced in my life, Vernell, and I have been following Jesus Christ for a while, but this 
This is a deeper level of love that I've never experienced before. And I'm going to tell you this, I honestly do not believe that I would have experienced this death right now in this season without going through the trials. Mm-hmm. I believe that with all my heart. God has ushered me into a heightened sense of awareness of him and who he is, his presence, his love, his grace, his mercy, everything. There's a heightened awareness of him, period, because of what I've been through. I don't think I could get to this level of love if everything in life was flowers. I just don't. You and me both. I mean, boy, I tell you, it has been a journey with God. And, you know, we're continuing to grow and we're continuing to develop. This is so funny and it's so true. As you grow in Christ, you start seeing different size of God, right? Oh, God. Yes. And it makes you think like in the Bible where it talks about how angels around him, mm. you know, all day and all night saying, holy, holy, yeah. holy. Yeah. I remember my best friend's mother saying she was like, you know, that the angels are so in awe of God because they get to see different things about him mm. eternity, right? And they're just like, holy, holy, holy. Yeah. Right. Can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it's just one of those things. And I think we can have that same experience here as we go deeper with God. Yes, yes. Holiness. And it makes me think about, listen, we're about to go ahead and start in the direction. So I, I'm getting ready to, in the next couple of weeks, go ahead and release my second book. And it is called Created on Purpose. And they're guided prayers for women who are pursuing God's purpose. And the whole reason why I wrote this book, first of all, it came from a prayer challenge that I was doing. And as I started to sit down and like, okay, Lord, I'm just going to take these same prayers and just, no, I scrapped all of it. The Holy Spirit had another thing in mind. And the thing that, you know, talking about purpose and what God's purpose is for you, first of all, not everybody knows how to pray about that. Right. And and I was like, Lord, where should I start? Mm-hmm. And God mm-hmm. had me start with who he is. That's it. First, That's it. Right. We forget about who he is. We need yeah. a reminder. So that whole first seven days is about a reminder of who God is. That's as, it. I, as I was writing it and I was like, Lord, you know, I could write better than I could pray out loud. <laughs> but as I was writing it, I started to become even more in awe of yeah. God. Right. And so I was like, Lord, I even needed this reminder. I think, you know, this idea of purpose is so popular right now, but I think people confuse God's purpose with the purpose they created for themselves. In the Bible where it talks about your purpose, my purpose, it is very consistent when it said God's purpose, God's purpose, prevail, right? Part is part of his will. Right, And he gives Mm -hmm. us an opportunity to partner with him for his will for our lives and in the earth. And so when I hear people say that, I'm like, if God's not a part of it, that's not his purpose. That's yours. If it's not glorify him and his kingdom, that's something that you decided to do. Right. And so it's just like, ooh, Jesus. Honey. (laughs) I am so glad you started with that in your book, because like you said, so many people do want to start with self. And it's easy because we are selfish, flawed, sinful human beings. We want it to be all about us. But I even share in my book about God's purpose. 
instead of my purpose. What is my purpose? It is God's purpose. Because if he's not at the forefront, if it's not all about him, I don't want anything to do with it because it's going to be messed up. If I am not living within his will, if my will is not aligning with his will, it's going to be messed up. And the only way my will can be aligned with his is if I know him first. So it needs to start with him. He needs to be at the forefront. It needs to be about him. I'm so happy you started with that. I can't wait to get this book. Now, when is it coming? I mean, he's like, (laughs) remind them who I am, right? Absolutely. The God in our head is the God that we've created in culture. That's not in the Bible. And so, and sometimes, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine and I was like, if you want to grow, you're not just going to grow sitting at home and listening to sermons. I was like, God created relationships to help you grow, right? Understand to walk these things out. And so I had to remind myself and never forget about the enormity of God because we think about the greatness of our problems and not the Mm -hmm. of God. Exactly. exactly. It's just like basically telling people who I am, remind them who I am, right? (laughs) Don't just, you know, oh yeah, well, I'm going to just pray for you. It's become so cliche. I'm praying for you. No, you're not. No, you're not. Listen, when I tell somebody I'm praying for you, that means I've already done it. Because I don't want to be the person to just be like, okay, the prayer hands. <laughs> I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna stop in that moment, I'm gonna pray. And like, okay, I'm praying. That means I've started this process of praying for you. Exactly. And so anyway, I'm not even sure how to close this out, Anita. Listen here. Because it's so good and it's so rich. Okay, so if people wanna follow you. Now, one of the things I did say in your introduction, because I was looking this up, I called it baby life euphoria. Is that a technique? Because you said it is. You heard me say that. And I was like, because I saw a couple of your YouTube channel. And I was like, is that the name of her? Um, I was like, what is a baby lock? (laughs) That is a sewing machine. That's a specialty sewing machine. So that video that you saw was a video about the sewing machine. So the YouTube channel is Anita by Design. (laughs) I heard you. I was like, that's okay. I'll fix it up. I'll say it. Okay, so if the listeners want to follow you on Instagram, Facebook, how can they find you? Yes, my home base is my website, anitabydesign.com. You will find everything Anita by Design over there. I like to play on Instagram, Anita by Design, and of course, my YouTube channel, Anita by Design. Listen, if you didn't hear that, three places, they're all the same. Anita <laughs> by Design, one is .com, at Instagram, <laughs> YouTube. Anita by design. And if you want to buy the book, it's Step Into It, Overcoming Trials That Lead to Purpose. You can buy it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble online, or anywhere books are sold. I'm going to put that definitely in the show notes in case okay. you didn't miss that. But please, please, please yeah. go pick her book up. It is incredible. If you are struggling in any type of trial in your life, it is grief related. This will actually give you strategies that you need to make it through each day at a time with God. So I really encourage you to pick the book up. Again, it's going to be in the show notes. And Anita, I'm so blessed and thankful to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for agreeing and blessing the audience with your story. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This has been a lovely conversation. I've enjoyed our time together and I cannot wait for your new book. Thank you, Brunel. 
beyond my book if you're interested in learning more about how to become God's best version of yourself by awakening to your purpose, consider enrolling in my online course, which you'll find on my website again, which is www.drvernell.com because God's love for you and the reason why he created you is greater than you will ever know. And guess what? He wants you to succeed in carrying out your purpose.